Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities, and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Good morning and welcome everyone to Live Dharma Sunday for April 22nd, 2018. Koyo Kubose here. So very, very glad you joined us. Oh boy. I'd like to comment on an article I read on the internet. The title was, In Praise of Crooked Things in praise of crooked things. And it had a picture of a a tree. And this tree, the trunk and branches are doing its tree thing in terms of growing crookedly. Okay. I know that there are some trees that grow straight up, uh, maybe a pine tree or something. Um, but most trees uh, have a lot of uh, branches that grow all over. Uh, so this article uses that as a metaphor for uh, how we how human life often doesn't grow in a in straight line. Our our journey through life or our our path, okay. Because we all know, uh, well, I guess this, this, it's kind of, I was trying to decipher this article. There's a lot of different ways you could uh, put it in different contexts, but uh, the article is trying to talk about how you can't 
live a perfect life. You can't be a perfect you. Perfect, you know, <laughs> well, you could be a perfect you, but a perfect human being, a perfect person. Uh, if you if you put that heavy weight on yourself in terms of the shoulds, oh, life should be like this, or my life should be like this. This was, you know, I wanted to do things like this. I planned on this. I prepared for this. But uh, <laughs> life is something that uh, is not like a straight highway. Um, you know, <laughs> Sometimes there's a nice saying just occurred to me is life is a road that's always under construction. There's always detours because things are happening. And that's how uh, when you look at a tree, you could say, oh, wow. Um, you know that there's sort of a, you can see sort of the whole history of the how the tree grew. So, oh, right here, oh, you know, um, you know that this tree dealt with or interacted with the elements were, oh yeah, it's it's reaching out like that because it's underneath this other big tree and it's trying to get more sunlight. So it's growing out to the side. Um, or you might see, uh, they mentioned seeing a, a tree, uh, say a small tree, going right in the center of a uh, boulder, cracking the boulder, and it's growing right out of the crack. Um, uh, it's trying to, you know that the roots were seeking the, the soil okay, at the bottom of the boulder, and... Uh, 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 actually, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I see these things uh, on our property quite a bit. I'm walking around, and uh, I've never seen this quite so often in any other place, except here in the in in the foothills, where there's a lot of boulders and a lot of uh, little trees <laughs> growing out of these cracks and are these big granite boulders and then they're not they don't have to be too big but uh, and sometimes they're jumbled together and then you see the tree growing between two boulders maybe that are you know jammed together not doesn't have to be a crack in one single boulder okay. and you might think oh what a what a what a struggle what a hardship that it's overcoming but it seems to be pretty doing pretty well and that made me think oh just reflect on it a little bit maybe it's not such a struggle but maybe it's a blessing in disguise this particular little tree is growing in this jumble of uh, uh, boulders or cracking a boulder and it's and its roots went down to the to the earth to the soil and you know if you the soil is moister 
is more moist underneath a boulder. It's not subjected to the drying effects of a hot sun in the summertime. So maybe that's, a, that's why it's thriving because when it does get to that soil, oh, it's, it's got a nice evenly kept le- moisture level. <laughs> These are some of the things I was thinking about. Um, and maybe if you wanted to make the the analogy to uh, some hardships, presumed hardships uh, in one's own life, uh, somehow connected to that hardship, there's another side to it that uh, makes you be able to appreciate um, life-giving moisture that's... Uh, only available when it's protected from the hot sun. And I was thinking that um, this article says, yeah, you know, we don't have to consider the straight and narrow path as the most desirable one. And then she did, this article talked about the fact that Many of us, we don't realize it, but we are perfectionists. And uh, and we apply that standard to ourselves and to other people. And I always remember my father said, there ain't no shoulds in Buddhism. Whether it's with regard to oneself, oh, I should be, you know, I should be able to do better. I should be a better person. Um but I don't know if it's more common to put those standards on others. Okay? But either way, um, how we get conditioned by our, well, our, or we could say our upbringing or societal standards, social mores, and um, it's really um, a burden in a way upon us. And then the, the, the article goes on to talk about some other ideas to explore and so forth. Um, I know that uh, nature provides us with all kinds of teachings. Uh, if we look at crooked trees, that you know, uh, they might have a lot of teachings that that uh, we can discover, create. Out, out of the, how nature does things, and I think even be, it could even be a stronger teaching if the title was in praise of broken things, not just crooked things, but broken things. That that's even stronger because uh, when <laughs> when when your life becomes broken because you were too rigid. Or you, you had such a strong should, and and uh, your life uh, your philosophy of life, your your you know, well, I don't know what you call it, but uh, a broken life, something you know, where something traumatic happened. Okay. Um. 
Well, when we look at it, just like it says, everybody's life is, you know, crooked. Uh, everybody's life is, life breaks us all. And we're stronger at those broken places. Uh, this is, I don't know what you want to call it, a non-dualistic way of looking at life, perhaps. Okay. Not just all straight, it is good and crooked or broken is bad. Okay. It redefines what's good and bad, okay. whether you're talking about nature or you're talking about human life. Okay. Um, being able to appreciate the beauty in imperfection or in what broke the quality of brokenness, being able to see it with wisdom's eye. And um, I don't know how relevant this is, but I'm just kind of uh, free associating. I remember my father wrote an article about commenting on one of the Zen koans where in the Buddhist literature, where one of the, when a, uh, a teacher told his uh, monks that the, you know, there was a crooked tree in their courtyard. If any of you can see this crooked tree as straight, you, you'll, get, you, you'll be my Dharma heir, <laughs> something like that. Okay. And none of them could, could do so until there was the one monk that said, oh, this, this tree is, is crooked. That that's it, and well, in the in the usual Zen play on words and everything, okay, to see the crooked tree as crooked makes it straight. <laughs> yeah, wow, play with that if you wish to. I want to introduce today's guest to give us a Dharma glimpse, Morris Sekyo. Uh, he was part of our LM. Lay Minister 3 group, and uh, they were inducted back in 2010. Uh, he lives in Florida. He has, uh, he's quite active. He and his wife, Michelle, she later on, a few years later, went through the program herself. Very nice husband and wife team there in Florida. He, he was quite active in um, prison dharma, doing prison work there. And um, so uh, I... Sekio, Seki, Seki, his, his, the, the kanji or calligraphy for that is stone or rock. Um, Seki, and Yo, of course, is the sun, S-U-N. So a stone sun. Gee, what, the, what does that mean? What does that, what kind of a Dharma teaching to be a stone sun or a rock sun? Well, maybe a, something solid about Rocks and uh, stones, maybe? Or how about stone as an adjective, not a noun, but not so much from drug culture being stoned, but sometimes it's used as an adjective for the absolute completely. He was, you know, stone dead, or he was stone whatever as an adjective for total. Totally, boy, completely, absolutely, whatever. Stone might have that quality. Well, I'm not, I, you know, that's the thing about Dharma names. It doesn't have to have one particular meaning. Or whoever gave the Dharma name, 
doesn't have to be only that, even the giver of it doesn't have to be the same interpretation as, okay? You could, uh, it's a creative thing, developing thing. It's a, pro- it's a work in progress all the time, one's own Dharma name, okay? But, uh, uh, Sekio. Wow, I don't know what he's going to talk about because he, uh, it was a taped uh, message that he had prepared, so let us see what uh, is in store for us this morning, more Ezekiel's glimpse. Well, good morning. Today is Earth Day. We may look different and live in different places, but we all live on Earth, and we all depend on what the system of energy and materiality provides us. So I think it's good to have a day to honor the Earth on which we live. I had an experience not long ago that I want to share with you. I'm a chaplain at Stetson University in Florida. College chaplains today minister to student populations that are increasingly diverse. I'm a Buddhist, and we have a Baptist chaplain and an AME chaplain, but each of us is chaplain to all students. So we have this very interesting job of trying to meet the spiritual needs of students who come from a wide variety of faith traditions. And by the way, a surprising percentage of today's college students have no faith tradition, whatever. We are their chaplains too. So this year, instead of traditional chapel services, we organized a series of interfaith events where we looked at what we call big words. The words are all short in the usual sense, but big in that they have universal significant spiritual impact. Last month, we talked about awe. Awe is a short word, one syllable, three letters. But in one way or another, every spiritual tradition is a way to access awe, the awareness of something we might consider sacred or transcendent, something beyond our ego and our materialistic concerns, and which puts our life into a larger context. To help us talk about awe, we brought in a guest speaker, Patricia Bachelman-Morrow. She's a researcher at a simulation laboratory at the University of Central Florida, part of a team studying the neurological phenomenon of awe as experienced by astronauts. Apparently, astronauts tend to share similar awe experiences. They are, pardon the pun, generally pretty down-to-earth people. They tend to be analytical, scientific, and so on, and you probably wouldn't consider the average astronaut to be highly spiritual. And yet, being in space, looking down at our earthly home from the vantage point of the International Space Station, for instance, shifts their awareness so dramatically they have what they describe as religious experiences. They come back to Earth saying things like, I have seen God. As I said, our speaker and others at the university have found a way to simulate this experience and study what happens in the brain during these uh, experiences of awe. It's very interesting research, and I'm not a neurologist, so I'm not going to try to explain it. But you don't have to go into space or even a simulation lab to experience awe. Just make it a point to look at the Earth you live on from a different perspective. Don't take it for granted. You might not be able to ever get the big view from space, but maybe you can take a smaller view. Doing a retreat at the Toto Institute in Vermont, for instance, I was given a little pocket microscope one day and told to spend some time really looking closely at the world. I found an amazing awesome world, looking up close at flowers, wood, dirt, all kinds of things we often look at without really seeing. So today, maybe you can spend some time really seeing the earth. Just make it a point to notice what's around you. 
bow in gratitude to some of the things the earth has provided you. Take a few breaths and be grateful for the oxygen. Drink a glass of water and be aware of all the forms it takes. Rivers, oceans, clouds in the sky, ice in your tea, your body. Just give yourself this gift, being here now on this earth. Well, I hope you have a wonderful Sunday and a miraculous Earth Day. Well, well, I have forgotten that <laughs> this Sunday is Earth Day. Very good. We need to be. We need to have these special kinds of days, and you know, it's um. Uh, it doesn't take much reflection for us to say they um, how is it that nature is such a powerful teacher hmm? um, and the sense of awe uh I think it's a it, it's a good uh, uh, what shall we say? Uh, it opens, it, it broadens. Sometimes the most traditional context would be if you have a, a tremendous religious experience. Which you, by religious experience, I mean it comes through the a traditional religious context. Okay. Oh, I see God. I saw the face of God. Okay. Something like this. Uh, people, biologists, or other people that have seen awe in nature. Okay. Now, it might seem, you might say, oh, that's secular. That's not the same as religious awe. Having an awe experience when you're observing nature. Tremendous sunrise, sunset, or, you know, some uh, uh, view from a mountain top or a view of a single flower uh, in some way. Uh, and some of these uh, writers have talked about the sacred depths of nature and they would make their claim the, the book is that experience of awe is comparable in the same way that religious awe is. And they and they try, you know, they illustrate this and make the case for that okay, in the whole book. That's the point of the uh, of the book. Okay, in fact, that's the title of the book that we used to use in our curriculum, called "Sacred Depths of Nature," trying to open up that the sacred and secular are not a dualistic opposites. Okay. Uh, I'd like to inter- I like to I like to explore that idea more and say, you know, because in Buddhism nature is is God, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. Huh? The natural laws of nature, you know, cause and effect. Uh, that's a tremendous uh, uh, opening up, I think of the narrow bounds of traditional or religious experience and so forth. Um, and the naturalness when, you know, 
if we say the word natural, naturalness, it's too secular. We have to say something like uh, um, spiritual natural, naturalness. Okay? That ness, N-E-S-S, you know, one ness, naturalness. Um, my father used to say, that's an interesting uh, suffix, ending that we put onto words. What does that ness, <laughs> you know? Open up or, 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 you know, what kind of a quality does that give that? Okay. Um, so I'm just kind of, <laughs> kind of free associating here. But hopefully some kind of little triggers might or little topics or little, you know, the way we use words to, to, to try to get at something, spark something. As you as you listen to my ramblings around, okay, because uh, it's not in any finished form of what, how I want to express what I am, because I'm just, you know, what they say off the top of my head, okay, and I think that that's the valuable source of, oh hmm, oh, that topic or that I, idea or association or something, that could be like a unpolished diamond that you find a nugget <laughs> you you know in nature and if somehow you have the gemologist eye to see hey that's not just a piece of rock there okay that's a diamond in the rough if you have that eye for it the spiritual eye and you say hey if, and then if i just polish this up or do this there's a diamond in there it's, this looks like a lump of coal or something. Okay. Uh, that's the whole, I don't know if you want to call it a little knack of, or a Buddha secret huh, of how to see these gems. Okay, if we use a, that analogy to see, to find the Dharma in everyday life. Okay. We could use the auditory sense too. Okay. We could use the visual sense okay, and talk about talk about rocks and talk about gems and diamonds and so forth, okay? But these are some things that, uh, you know, the earth has all these treasures. And, yeah, as Morris Secchio says, we don't, we don't have to go out into space and see the blue marble in black space and have a whole different perspective of the cosmos. Huh? Space is infinite, outer space. I think inner space infinite too. Huh? That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going. Keep going. Yeah? And take refuge in the infinite. <laughs> you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.